Welcome to Destiny Moments with Angel Murchison. Today on the broadcast, I have Shannon Bernard and Sam Emanuel, students from Faith Bible College International. Welcome to Destiny Moments, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I heard you guys speak last night, and I wanted to talk to you today about faith. Shannon, let's start with you. Tell me, how, how did you get to Faith Bible College from India? Yeah, so I'm so glad to talk to you through this video, uh, through this audio. Uh, so I, I've born and brought up in a Christian family. My dad is a pastor and I have a brother and a sister. So to my 10th grade and over 10th grade, I was not knowing what to do in my life. And even though I was a pastor's kid, I didn't know what to do with my life. Like I was playing keyboard in my church. I was leading worship with my dad and going with my dad. But I didn't have a vision where where I have to go or where, where is my life going. So it was it was so crazy because all my uh, cousins and all my relatives were like, like, what is he doing with his life? His, his dad is a pastor and he, we're not seeing anything coming out of his life like we we're just seeing him as a bad person and stuff it was really hurting for my dad too because i have no intention like all my friends and stuff like they, they had a goal they had a vision to go to achieve but i didn't have any goal i was just sitting then i want i didn't want to study anymore i wanted to discontinue my, discontinue my studies and i wanted to just be like just be like that alone in the house and i discontinued my studies too then after that after discontinuing my studies, I was sitting at my house for like an year without doing anything. Like I was so disappointed and like very disappointed and depressed about my life. And one day, uh, a person called me to Chennai, and that's in my uh, that's in India. And we went there for a ministry, and we were talking like this, like how what you're doing and what's your life. And I was like, I'm not doing anything. And we were asking about their lives and their children. And one of the Faith Bible College International alumni studied there in 1986. And he was telling me, oh, my son also studied there. Even I studied there in faith school. Then I was like, okay, that doesn't mean anything to me. Okay, that's good. Then I came back uh, to my home and I was talking to dad. Oh, I met this person. They were going to Bible college and stuff. And then dad was like, oh, he didn't talk anything. Though. But the next morning he was like, why don't you apply for a Bible college? But I was like, no way, like, I cannot, because I'm seeing you suffering, and I'm seeing all the stuff that you're going through. I don't want to be a pastor. I don't want to do anything with the godly stuff. I just want to be how I am. Then dad was like, no, I play for it. But one thing always I do is I don't respect disrespect my dad's word. Like, I always obey his word. So I was like, okay, this, if this is what dad wants me to, I'll just do it. So I was like, I didn't know how to do, cause this is the first time I'm ever applying for a college, like ever going through like stuff. Then I went to a cyber cafe to apply my, to apply for a faith school. Then I went there, I did all the applications, right? I did everything, but for submitting the application, you had to pay $35 from this moment. When I do God's will, God will provide you. Where is there is vision, there is provision, God's word says. So when I committed my plans to God's will, so from that moment, so I had to pay $35, but I asked dad, like dad, do you have $35 that is two and a half thousand 
rupees back in India, but dad didn't have two and a half thousand rupees back. He was like, son, if you just do it, if God wants you to be there, he will do it. Then I, then he went to the bank and saw the balance. They were like, not even hundred rupees. But when I accepted it, it, it just accepted. Then I asked my dad, like, how do you accept it? Then dad was like, he had no clue. He was like, I don't have money in my account. I don't know how this application went through. So after that, I, I applied for my passport. Then I was just waiting for like a month or two. Then I got an acceptance lesson, uh, letter from Faith School. Then I didn't know because I, I didn't have any guidance or I didn't have any people to influence me like to what to do with the visa and like how to apply for visa, anything. I, it, it was all God. It was all God. And when when we saw like how much was the fee for faith school, it was like four and a half thousand dollars. That's back in India. It's a lot of money, a lot of money. So without even seeing the circumstances, without even seeing like how big is the amount is, we focused on God. We focused on how God bigger is. So we were like, okay, if God wants you to be there, the money is nothing to you. So uh, we were just talking and uh, we applied for visa. It was in Chennai. Then me and my dad went to Chennai. I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything about it. So I, first day was a biometric. Second day, uh, I had to go talk to an American embassy person like face to face and that's the first time I'm ever seeing a person American person and first time ever talking to a person listening to their accent listening to their language so it was very difficult for me I was just carrying my I-20 form and I am carrying my passport that's all I have in my and I have no I have no clue what to carry with me so so my dad left me for the interview. I went to the consulate. I went inside. I had like thousands of people standing there, hundreds of students standing there for the visa. Then I'm going there inside. I went inside. Then I was seeing students like behind me, in front of me, holding their files and like checking out the files. I was standing there like middle, like I didn't know what to do. Then a person behind me were asking like, why have you come here? Like, I've come for an interview. Then he was like, are you joking? Like, you have no, nothing with your hand. You have no papers. I was like, what papers do you need? Until then, I didn't know I had to have papers. Like, when he was showing me, they should, we should have asset, asset, like your liabilities. How much assets do you have? Do you have anything in India? You have to show to the person. Then I was like, I don't know how, I don't have any uh, papers or any documents. He was like, forget about it. This is my fourth time attending the visa. And I didn't have, like, all the fourth time they have rejected my visa. Like, forget about it, you won't get any visa. So I was like, that that time my faith really went down. I was like, oh man, like, forget about it. This is, this all, like, I'm not gonna get But One thing what dad always used to encourage me with is, like, if God wants you to be there, if it's will in your life to be there, you will be there. So I was just encouraging myself. So I was just seeing those people there, like interviewing, and the first time I'm hearing, I couldn't understand nothing above like how people were talking, and I just went through. I the security the security guy sent me inside to interview. So in front of me, a girl was interviewing, and she had all the documents on the table. Then I was standing behind her, and I was watching the in, the interview going on. So I was standing there and the the person who was interviewing, she was typing on the computer and she had all the documents and she could speak well in English. Very good English. She had to become a nurse in US or something. So she said everything, she had all the documents, but the interviewer was like, sorry, your visa is rejected. But that time I was like, wow, she has all the documents. She's good. She's speaking good in English, but I don't have nothing. Like I don't have nothing with me. 
So she left, then I went, and that's my first time talking to an American ever. So I went, she asked me so clearly, I could understand everything. She was like, okay, give me your I-20 form and passport. That's all I had. If she had asked me anything else, I didn't have anything with my hand. She just asked that, she was like, okay, why you're applying, why did you discontinue, and why are you applying for an, uh, theological studies? And I had to say at that time, I had to become a pastor. Like Before in my life, I had to never become a pastor. My vision was not that, but that time I had to answer, I have to become a servant of God, like pastor. She didn't ask any question after that, anything, any documents or anything. She was just typing, typing and typing. She was like, your visa is approved. Yeah, then I was so happy. Then I, I didn't know what to do. I was so amazed. Wow. Yeah, I came back. I went back, then my dad was standing there, I told, it was, that's why I say, when you, when God's will is in your life, when you commit your plans to God, it will really prosper, God will see that, wow. it will work. Well, praise yes. God, yes. that is quite a, quite a testimony yes. of his faithfulness to you, yes. isn't it, Shannon? Yes. Well, Sam? Yeah. How did you get here? <laughs> so, um, just like Shannon, uh, I applied in 2015, August. Uh, I tried and I got my visa on the first try itself. So, talking about faith, uh, when I applied for Faith Bible College, it was Faith School of Theology then. So then they changed the name to Faith Bible College International. So when I applied for Faith School of Theology, just like Shannon, I had nothing in my hand to show to the consulate. I, was, I had nothing. I don't have any money in my bank account. I don't have anything. Even for my application fees and everything, my uncle helped me to apply for the faith school. So uh, I went to the, uh, I applied everything. I went to the consulate and uh, they didn't ask me any questions, but uh, they asked me only one question. What, what is your aim? I said, uh, I want to preach the gospel to everywhere. Wherever I go, I want to do it. I want to be a pastor. I want to do uh, God's work. And that's it. That's the only question they wanted. And they answered and uh, they gave me the visa. So this is how I got here. But uh, I will share my testimony a little bit. And uh, what I did last night here at the Marshall Church. So um, uh, when I, I was born in 1992, uh, my father was a pastor at that time. And uh, my church congregation was just three people at that time. That was the beginning of my dad's ministry in the uh, southern part of India, where it's called Chennai. And uh, my father started, and uh, I was born right after, after his ministry started. So uh, my mom was uh, jobless at the time. She was working with my father as a ministering, but she, was a, she studied for a staff nurse, but she didn't get a job at the time. We lived in a very small house. We lived in a very small house and it was made of hut. It is made of a coconut tree uh, leaves. So we lived inside that uh, for uh, more than six, seven years, I guess. When I was, uh, when I was, I was born a premature. When I was born after a few days, I felt sick. The doctors have already warned my parents that saying that this kid will not survive because he has a respiratory problem. Every night I used to struggle breathing because of my wheezing problem and other stuff going on inside my lungs. So they warned my parents that this kid will not survive. So what happened was after a few days, uh, one night I really struggled to breathe and literally my parents saw that I stopped breathing and my body turned cold. But uh, my heartbeat was still there so they took me to the hospital. 
and uh, the doctors took me inside the ICU where they gave uh, emergency treatments and all those things but the doctors came out and said that your kid is losing your, his life he's going to die in few minutes his organs are, uh, are shutting down one by one so uh, I guess it's a time for you to inform your relatives and friends and uh, work on the stuff which you have to do further but my parents didn't give up they didn't believe in what the doctor said but they were waiting for the God's word they were waiting for, for, for God's miracle so they came out to the reception hall where the other people's were they knelt down and they started to pray they started to ask God for my life they as they were praying they didn't like they didn't like uh, ask God God what is going on they didn't ask like God why you're doing this to me they didn't question God but they were asking God for a miracle they said uh, God if this kid survives if my son survive I will make him preach your gospel I'll make him a preacher so after like praying all, all the other people thought that my parents were going crazy because my, I'm dying inside and they are out surprising God and then uh, the doctors came out saying that uh, your kid is breathing properly now everything everything turning into normal right now there's something going on with your prayers don't stop praying keep praying it was a Hindu hospital where the people worship Hindu gods but the doctors were they trusted Jesus at that time for, for a miracle so those doctors are still alive they, they I still uh, four years back I guess I saw one of the doctors who treated me when I was a kid and uh, he still he still says that he didn't believe those things but it was a miracle so everything started to change everything started to change because my mom got a, a job later and then uh, I had a brother and then um, after like five years uh, when I was five, my mom got a job at a hospital as a staff nurse and uh, she started to earn money and the church started to grow a little bit and then we started to earn a little money and then, uh, but we were still at the same house. But things like we bought the first uh, bed, we were sleeping on the floors for years and then we bought a bed and then uh, I remember uh, I didn't have a TV till I was like 15 years I guess. We couldn't afford a TV, we couldn't afford a fridge, we couldn't afford a bed. We couldn't afford anything. So that's when we bought the first bed, I remember. It was a small one couch bed where we four of four me, my brother, my dad and mom will sleep in the small bed and uh, after a few days my mom said, This is not happening, I'm sleeping down <laughs> because it was so small. And then everything was going good. God God was really working on our lives. At that time my mom fell sick she uh one morning she said that she couldn't walk properly something's hurting in her hip so uh, after a few days she took uh, off from the job she she said that she's not going to come for a job a few days she's going to get rest and uh, see what's happening after a few days she couldn't even get up from her bed and then uh, it got worse and one day she said she can't even move her leg so we took her to the hospital and uh, when we got to the hospital the doctors uh, did a lot of tests and then uh, they did a scanning things and everything was done and they said that she has multiple myeloma which is cancer she they said that there's a, like a cancer tumors and then she had a bone marrow cancer so she was she was going to going like a terrible pain and everything she was losing her life 
and then they said that uh, the cancer is in a uh, like a advanced stage so they said uh, treatments won't give anything they treatments can't help uh, to get improved so they gave her time just like for me they said like few minutes for her they gave few months they said that seven months or eight months she will she won't survive after that so at that time uh, uh, my father he was as I said before we were still in poverty my mom's earning was the only income in our family now she is not earning anything so everything was going back to the old stage my mom was admitted to the hospital stay they started to do some radiotherapy and chemotherapy but they said after two three months they said the the after like a month I guess after giving some chemotherapy and radiotherapy they said uh, it's not helping her so uh, my dad what he used to do is he had a bicycle so he will take me and my brother to the school he'll drop us at the school in the morning he will prepare lunch dinner everything for my mom and he'll go meet my mom at the hospital he'll be with her the whole day he'll be sitting next to her praying the whole day he won't eat anything he was fasting for 40 days and uh, he, he, he thought that in the 40 days something will happen God will do a miracle so uh, he didn't give up he didn't give up on my mom he didn't give up that he didn't say that God will not do this he believed that God will do a miracle so the 40 days he didn't eat anything drink anything he, he, he drank only water that's it he went for like full fasting the 40 days was over there was no change in our body and then after like a week of break, he, he ate and uh, get some got some energy. And then again, he went for a 40 days fasting. And then they did a testing and there was nothing. She was still in a critical stage and she was losing everything. She became very skinny and uh, everything was... Uh, yeah. So during this 40 days and 40 days fasting, I can I still remember he coming back home. He'll come back from the hospital because uh, the school and we'll, we'll go home, we'll eat anything at the home. Some days we won't even eat anything, nighttime, and uh, that's what was happening. And nighttime, he'll put uh, my brother on the right side and my uh, me on the other side on his lap. We'll be sleeping and uh, I could literally uh, feel something wet in my cheeks, face, and that would be his tears. He'll be crying and asking God, God, please do a miracle. We need another miracle happening in our house. He was praying and praying. He didn't give up at all. There is a during though even during those times he was doing the Lord's ministry. He didn't give up on the Lord's ministry either. So he will he will used to go to church on Sundays. After church, he'll write, go to the hospital, be with my mom the whole day. He will uh, he will encourage he will encourage my mom with the words with the with the God's word and everything. And then after the two 40 days fasting event for another 40 days fasting on exactly the 20th day of the fasting on the 20th day he at the night time and he, he was praying at ha, in, my, in my house with me and my brother we were sleeping and he was praying my mom encountered something happening she was in a in a bed sleeping at the hospital she saw a light coming into the room the light was so bright she thought that there's an angel coming in to take her to the heaven. At that time, she started to confess all her sins. She said, God, forgive my sins. I want to be there. I can't bear this pain anymore. 
I can't. I'm in the bed for like more than more than six seven months. I can't bear this pain. Just take me with you. She was just crying out to the Lord. She said, "Okay, this is the time. Forgive my sins. Take care of my children. Take care of my husband and his ministries." As she was praying this, the light came closer, closer, closer to my mom and said, "Get up and walk." And then she woke up. She woke up and she was like, "Oh, what's happening?" And then she could feel something, some difference in her body. So, so what happened was, the next day, my dad, as usual, packed everything for my mom, uh, dropped me and my brother at the school, and went to the hospital. And uh, he was amazed to see my mom standing outside of her room. He literally dropped everything and ran to her and asking, "What are you doing? You could literally break something." and he he forgot totally forgot that she was in the bed he because he was amazed and he doesn't know what's going on he thought my mom my mom is going crazy he thought something's happening because of the treatment they are giving <laughs> so he asked oh, what's happening what what are you doing she explained everything what she encountered last night and at the 20th day of the fasting she 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 was totally cured they took a lot of tests and they saw that nothing there is no evidence of cancer in her body all the uh-huh. cancer all the tumors everything has been gone has been disappeared in just one night mm-hmm. in just one night all these cancer cells have gone out of her body and she is still there they have made a lot of videos of her, the testimony videos and they like uh, did a lot of books and about her in uh, in my city because this happened in 1998 i guess at that time there was not like there was not enough medicines for the cancers in those days so this was happening the uh, one thing i want to encourage to all those people who are listening to this radio is that you might be going through a lot you might be praying for something some healing or anything the god the scripture says in um matthew 17 uh, uh, in uh, Matthew 17:20 that uh, I truly I tell you if you have faith as small as a mustard seed you can say to this mountain move from here to there and it will move nothing will be impossible for you this scripture my father he was he was he didn't he didn't uh, his focus was on Jesus his focus was on the uh, miracle he didn't focus on the mountain which was the cancer mountain the mountain when is when you say mountain in the scripture it talks about the problem in our life he didn't focus on the mountain but he had faith the faith as small as a mustard seed he with that small as a mustard seed faith he moved mountains in his life so i want to encourage everyone who are listening to this radio if you have a small uh, level of uh, faith in your life you can move mountains in your life you can be praying for uh, some healing or anything in your, in your life it can be of uh, it can be of uh, uh maybe you need something from the lord for a miracle or anything just don't give up keep praying keep praying and ask god when it's when it when it's when his time comes he will do it no matter what the mountain is not bigger than the faith the mountain is not bigger than what god has what lord jesus christ has done on the cross the sacrifice is done 
So I want to encourage you all. Amen. Well, guess what? We're out of time almost. So I want you to pray. Sam, will you go ahead and pray for our listeners that faith would arise today? Because I know we have listeners that are uh, struggling with cancer, that are struggling financially. I'm sure there's listeners today that um, maybe are near giving up. So I want you to just take a few minutes and pray for them, will you? Sure, sure, sure. Thanks. So let us pray. Heavenly Father, we come into your presence, Lord. We come into your presence in the name of Jesus Christ, the Savior who who died for us on the cross. Father God, I pray that to all the people who are listening this this radio right now, Jesus, Father, they might have gone through something in their life, Lord. Lord Father, we know that you didn't give up on the sickness. You didn't give up on anything, Lord Father. Be with them and guide them, Lord Father God. When they are going through the sickness or whatever the financial situation or whatever they are going through, Father God, be with them, Father God. You talk with them. Let them know that you are right there next to them, Father God. Through this, in this battle, Lord Father, let them know that this battle is not theirs, but for, but it is yours, Father God. Father God, I pray each for each and everyone's life who are listening to this radio right now, Father God. Do miracles, Father God. The mountain is not bigger than the faith which they have, Lord Father. Let them understand that, Father God. I, I pray for a blessing in their life, Father God. I pray for a guidance, Father God. I pray for a hev- or heavenly and earthly blessings on their life, Father God. In Jesus' mighty name I pray. Amen. 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 Well, thank you, Shannon, and thank you, Sam, for joining me today. And thank you, listeners. Tune in again next week for another broadcast of Destiny Moments.